hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. Will, I desperately need your help. I've come to you in my hour of need. You said that you'd never come to this place ever again, and yet, here you are. I've returned back to the well. I know I said I wouldn't, but I must. Oh, but you must, you must. I must. Whatever and, this uh, is. <laughs> I really feel like I've really gotten into a rut, you know? Like, mm. you know, like, I've gone through some catchphrases in my day. I've had I've had that's a lot of gulag. I've had yikes. Yikes was a pretty good one. Yikes uh, is pretty good. I was leaning on Bing Bong for a while there. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was Bing Bong from straight from Inside Out. It's not really. It's a character's name. But yeah, um, I, I'm glad that I remembered. I actually have amnesia. I'm an amnesiac. Like every once in a while, it's it's uh-huh, like uh-huh. that one movie where Memento. Where I keep forgetting. I'm I'm glad that we're at the catchphrase well. That we're yeah, I'm, at the, I'm, well I'm returning back. I'm, I return yet again to the catchphrase well yes, to dip yes. back into these fertile waters. And uh, I need your help deciding on a new Ooh, one. Let's let's see if we. Oh, uh, all you cats and kittens. No, get rid of that one. I thought uh, of, what I about thought of maybe yowzers. <laughs> yowzers. There's an option. Yowzers. I thought of maybe. Uh, I'll take mine to go. <laughs> What do we think of that? Wait, Is that a wait, good okay. one? I'm good. Here's the thing, though. Uh huh. That feels more like my energy. Than <laughs> oh no! I came that, to the I came to the wishing well of catchphrases, oh, and the wishing well said, "Actually, that one's for me." That's me. That's, you know what? We all get we get a choice of the products before <laughs> it goes out on the line. Uh, <laughs> so you're gonna co-opt that one. Uh, what about this yeah. one? Gabba gabba goo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're kind of making uh, Fred Flintstone Italian. A sort a little, of a little gabba gabba goo. A little gabba gabba goo. Are you going to be like doing that thing that he does when he? Because he says that when he's on his foot car. Yeah, right. And his yeah, feet so goes in a circle. My own foot car, and so yeah. I can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if somebody steals your catalytic converter, you're going to have a foot car. I will have a foot car. My Prius will be rendered useless and become a Flintstones car. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, then my last option for the Wishing Wells, mm. um, you know, judgment. Um, mm-hmm. I am your neighbor. How about that one? Is that anything? <laughs> I, is, that, is that for a Black Eyed Peas? Is that a- yes, it is. Is that anything? <laughs> <laughs> You, I think it's from. You, is it Outcast? Yeah, oh yeah it is. I think it's, it's Outcast. Hey, uh, yeah, I am your neighbor. The thing about is asking that anything? is, is this anything? Is you kind of know the answer is once you anything? ask it. <laughs> well, I guess I think if you run into a place and you go, "I am your neighbor," people are going to People are going to go, "Are you? Are you? Oh, did you? Uh, no. Did you just move here? No, I. Uh, I, I am, am your neighbor." neighbor. 
Uh, I, I could see that working in other contexts, though, where you could be like, oh, your girlfriend's feeling very down. People uh -huh. are mean to her at yeah. work. And you're like, listen, I'm always here for you. I am your neighbor. I am your neighbor. <laughs> if you scream that, actually, it'll make it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more I can't, loud. You really can't say emotion. it in a. You can't say it in a soft tone. You know, no. I'm so sorry it's, to hear that you lost your great uncle to explosive farts. It was really a tragic <laughs> way to go. But yeah. um, but just always remember, I am your neighbor. Oh, thank you. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's kind of just a fact. It's not even yeah, comforting. It's, yeah, it's like. So maybe maybe I'll have to give these a whirl throughout. I'll give I'll give these a try throughout the episode. Mm, okay. Can I can I pitch uh one of my favorite movie quotes? Yeah, sure, go for it. From from the film Die Hard. Yeah. And it I will press preface this, but it, it is a a tragic line in the the context of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um I find it funny out of context for uh -huh, some reason. Uh -huh. That's the best but, one. Know, so when it's out of context that it makes you chuckle. Uh Oh, actually, I I also have another one that I, but it's when the police officer talking to John McClane, like they have a back and forth that he's like, why aren't you on the force anymore? And he has this long pause and he goes, I shot a kid. <laughs> like, shot a kid. <laughs> Something about the way he's like, I, I shot, shot a, a kid. kid. <laughs> like, absolutely. Just out of context. And, I shot a kid. And I did happen to watch the movie Labyrinth today, and uh -huh. I can't stop saying, forget about the baby, <laughs> David, which is my favorite line of the, forget, forget about the baby. Forget about and the if baby. I, it's better if you have a glass orb that you could just yes, kind of flip exactly. around in your hand. A fushigi ball. If you happen to have a fushigi on hand, that makes it yeah. all the better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this... this Sometimes you got to just forget about the baby, but don't actually forget about your baby don't on public about transport. Because that, that is egg on your face. Yeah. And we throw eggs at people in Segment City. You, that's egg, that's, that's, that's literally egg on your face. That's a yeah, fact. We <laughs> Not only do we throw eggs, we also do segments. Yeah. I know I'm skipping the, the name part. I'm going to get to it. Yeah, you'll get to <laughs> I, it. Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. Um, yeah, we do segments each week. We dumpster dive our way through the internet. And we get all the good morsels for you. All the funniest bits. All the best goops, the best gas. Did you say the goops, the best goops? Goops? Okay. <laughs> the best goops, because I'm here for it, but that's just weird. That's some weird energy. My name's Will Kane, and I shot a kid. And I'm Theo Sabacos, and I am your neighbor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and we're going to start off, because uh, I, I feel like my voice isn't different, but I do have a little bit of cold. So audience, yeah, I really actually don't hear it. I don't hear a difference, so you're doing well it's, for yourself. I I told Theo before the podcast I don't get sick often, but when I do, I'm a big baby about it. Yeah, I good, good, do good. not handle it. Right? <laughs> I'm a big baby. I, I also I took ibuprofen for like just aches and pains, and I did do the classic, or I guess classic for me when I take medicine and I go, I already feel better. I, it's already going away. <laughs> like, was, like I'm like I'm stronger than you this. start to oh, like, you start to pills. disbelieve that you were ever sick. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't even was I even was I. Sometimes, I mean, most of my sicknesses are like one night, which is very, mm. I feel like weird. I have a lot of like, I've had fevers that only are one night and they're like fever dreams, super, terrifying. Superhuman boy here. Next, my, next evolution my, of humanity. Yeah. My dresser is yelling at me. Like I could hear voices. Uh -huh. it was, yeah. I've had those times. And then you this wake up and you're like, I'm good. I was, so Labyrinth was not the only movie that I watched today in my, cause I had a sick day. Love mm. a sick day. Love a good sick day. I also uh, finished up 
uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. The TV okay. series, because I watched half of it, and I was like, this is kind of boring. And then I watched the other half, and I was like, I actually really like this. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Nice. My rev- That is kind of my basic review, where it starts with a good action sequence, and they go, we got the foot in the door. Uh-huh. Which works for a movie. It doesn't work when it goes, all right, next episode, and you can, like, it gives you the option to, like, close it out. Because sometimes I'll go, eh, never mind. Eh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. It, so it was like, it starts off good, and then it kind of goes down. And then the last part, I, I like the ending, and I liked kind of the last half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, But it had a lot of, apparently a big issue with, because we haven't talked about the MCU in a while. That we haven't. Like and, you know, I, last we week I actually went and watched the most recent release, Quantumania. So I've Quantumania. actually, I watched Quantumania, and... Um, it's I'm behind. I'm way behind. I, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I am behind too. Like I, I really hadn't watched anything since. Oh, geez, maybe even Endgame leading up to it. Like I really am behind. That's but 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 I'm, my I review. Like that's fine. My, my short like, review know. of Quantumania was is they decided that they wanted to do a Star Wars, but instead of aliens, Tiny? it's all goopy people. It's all goopy fleshy mm. people. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's all goopies. <laughs> I heard it was. I heard a problem from my brother that is affecting the the newest movies with the mcu where they're trying to do too much mcu shit and it's kind of like the main character on the title like of the the movie is being cast aside like apparently there's like some ant-man it's not like he's not in the film Ant-Man is just a weird hero because you because his power is he goes big or small and you'd think that maybe at some point he'd pick up some martial arts skills but he's decided that no just getting big and small is good enough for him um yeah so as a as a superhero he's actually kind of lackluster uh, so mm. he needs a strong. I feel like Ant Man needs a strong supporting cast to be an interesting and character. He, I feel like he, he doesn't really. He there's doesn't. so many characters in Ant Man. There's a lot of characters. All of them. Yeah, there's a lot of characters. There's, I came in five. Like I came in five minutes late to Quantumania, and there were already like five people, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll Ugh, discover who these right. I'll discover who these people are, and they'll be interesting. Hey, none of them were that interesting. <laughs> like Great. none of them okay. turned out to be that interesting. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. <laughs> there, but one I, of the main one of his main. Compatriots is named Janet, and they're just traveling around the quantum, <laughs> oh, yeah. the quantum world, going all these, all these like crazy heroes and and like uh, aliens or monsters are being like, wait, you know Janet, and everyone's like, wait, you know Janet, <laughs> <laughs> Janet making a really good crumble lay on that that one time, you know She's Janet, like, oh shit, God. that is <laughs> what would be an even funnier name of like uh, Tiffany, Tiffany. Well, I think it's hilarious <laughs> that like. You've got uh, in Dune. You've got like the Caladans oh, <laughs> and the you know. There's you've Duncan got, Idaho. You've got <laughs> Sophia Hawat, and the main character's name is Paul. Yeah, there's Paul. And there's <laughs> Paul Duncan Idaho and Duncan Idaho. Yeah, which is like is or does Earth still exist? I don't even know anything about Dune. But Dune's <laughs> like were they in like the future, but Idaho. but they know that Earth was a thing at one point, but it's sort of a far fetched mm. place. Anyways. Anyway, so I did watch. So I, one thing I did want to point out is they introduce a like new Captain America, and that's like one of the plot lines, which mm-hmm. works pretty well. But mm-hmm. they do also a lot of MCU where they're like to return for future adventures. Um, but they were like, oh, he's just really smart and strong and agile. And he was like throwing Cap shield like Cap, like with the force of Captain America. And I'm like, okay, apparently you could just fucking huck this thing. Like you, you don't need super. I shield feel like they could have done. Get, they could have done a whole series on him learning to be Captain America, and they just decided to skip that. They're like, yeah. they're like, he knows I mean, how to do the Captain a- America things now. 
it's I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but he is like more of a, a plot point and more of a, like I don't know. He's one of those characters that like has his own stuff, but he's also like representative of a conflict between sure. Bucky and and sure. you're like okay, whatever. Right. Um, there is like a lot of wheels going in the <laughs> the plot of it, but it's like I don't know. Everyone's throwing the shield. And then at one point, like Sam is also throwing the shield, and he's fucking hucking it too. And it's like bouncing, <laughs> like, like that's oh, so also this the is crazy just thing. a frisbee. Okay, everybody yeah, knows what's going on. Apparently, it bounces with like perfect trajectory. Like yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> that was just Captain <laughs> America was like item. super smart, and like yeah. he, he could like calculate it and like throw it in a good way. I don't know, but I I also watched another thing, and I will preface this by saying I wanted to see I wanted to watch something that I didn't have to pay much attention to because I was dozing off. <laughs> so I watched the film Morbius. Oh, Morbin time. Yeah. <laughs> it's Morbin time. Gabba gabba ghoul, baby. I know I know everybody on the internet was like shitting on it. It's I think the producers because you know how they like re-released it after everyone started shitting <laughs> on it is and they Will's thought it was like Fever Dream Reviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um but it so they re-released it cuz they thought it was so bad it's good. It's not it's so not, bad it's good. It's no. just kind of man, it's kind yeah. of like average it's underwhelming. The effects are okay. Uh, Matt Smith is doing his best to like put any energy in the thing, and then Jared Leto is just draining that energy every single scene he's in. Yeah, he's an energy vampire for sure. So not a not a. I wouldn't recommend Morbius. Believe it or not. Wow, hot take, hot take alert, hot takes. But those, hey, that's what you come to Second City for. That's what you come to for the hot takes (laughs) on the MCU and the extended MCU. The in, in association with MCU. <laughs> but anyway, let's see if we, I'm in association with your next segment. With my next sense? segment. <laughs> no. My first segment of the evening, as yeah. per usual, comes to us from the takeout. Well, it was sort of the takeout was a launching point. Um, mm. And it's a trend over the past, well, few years of certain establishments, certain restaurants deciding to ban children and the sort of wild ways <laughs> oh. they've gone about it. Um, okay. So what? So fast food places are... These are like... like how uh, fancy are these places? Because children are everywhere. I, I hadn't heard of the places that we're talking about, but they pose, they basically are making waves because like, you know, parents get uppity about their kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Especially nowadays. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so the trend... The first... The first instance that they cited was back in 2018 in Germany, a restaurant called Oma's Kuchi or oh God, it's a terrible <laughs> name. Oma's Kitchen is the translation, but we're not going to talk about the previous name. Um, might sound family friendly, but that hospitality doesn't extend to children under the age of 14 after lunchtime. Oma's Kitchen oh. owner Rudolf Markle told DW.com that fed up with parents who can't control their kids, he recently instituted a no children after 5 p.m. policy in order to create a, quote, oasis of peace, unquote. <laughs> I'm sorry. You open a restaurant. Uh-huh. You knew the risks. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, yeah. You can't just. It's also interesting that they. it's not a, a full ban. It's just like you're already in bed, presumably. When do kids go to bed? Five 5 p.m. Yeah, we'll just set that as the time that no children. No are children, and we're going to we're going to put one of those height things <laughs> like they have on roller coasters. Under fourteen, under fourteen though, like as a four, as a thirteen year old, you're not allowed it. I mean, I kind of, I, do, I kind of, you know, I kind of respect the hustle because it's like you're a you're a small business owner and you've decided, yeah. you know what? I actually don't want this segment's money. I actually would hmm. rather sacrifice my bottom line for this. I kind of respect it. 
Yeah, I don't judge that. It is their establishment. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But I will say it's a bold strategy. It's <laughs> it a bold like, strategy. No kids. He said, uh, the final straw came when some unruly children damaged antique photo stands that decorate the restaurant. He oh. tells DW.com that parents acknowledge it with a smile, keep on eating, and don't care at all. What kind of fucking smug interaction is that? Oh, these are... Your yeah, children! Is... <laughs> they have they have broken my antiques! What Look at what they've done! Uh-huh. Oh, so, he... so where's my side water of french fries, huh? What are you bringing Listen, that out, huh? We tried to bring the iPad, but it uh, was uncharged. So now it's your fault. And you're <laughs> going to have to suffer for it. It's like... A, I, I feel like that is a, a probably a thing that's happening more and more commonly is people being like, oh, sure, whatever, do it, whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. And then last year, a restaurant in Singapore added a penalty fee for disruptive kids. Oh, so they said over the past few their their official release said over the past few months, we've received an increasing number of complaints of children running around unattended or disturbing other tables during the service period. Not only is this dangerous as service servers are often moving around with hot food and sharp cult, cutlery, but also mm -hmm. disrespectful to other diners who may wish to dine in a quiet and comfortable atmosphere. In these in instances, our team speaks with the parents or caretakers, and they are almost always able to manage the situation. However, we occasionally experience situations where nothing is done and the matter is ignored altogether. At a restaurant, as a restaurant, this puts us in an awkward position when we try to explain to other guests why nothing is being done to address the matter. Because of these experiences, we felt we had no choice but to, to impose a penalty to address such unfortunate situations. Now... Do you feel mm. like it's worth it to just pay the penalty to being your badass kid and have him run around the whole time? Did they say how much the penalty was? It came out to something like $7, which is not a lot. Mm. But it's like, you know, lot, it's like an it's appetizer. It's, yeah, that's a that's a decent chunk of change for just one restaurant out. out. Right. Um, yeah, I, as you go, I, at first, my first thought was like, these people are being silly and selfish to not let. But they have some good points. Like, yeah. Yeah. Concedes the points to them. I thought this was going to be like goof of a minute making fun of these people, but I'm like, no, I agree. <laughs> Kids are ter terrors. Ugh. Kids are terrors. And then finally, the most recent is from Nettie's House of Spaghetti. And you know oh, what? Boy. If I owned a spaghetti emporium, I think I would ban children too. <laughs> the primo yes. food fight ingredient spaghetti, of course. They're, they can just come up right behind you and garrot you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like with a, a rope of spaghetti. Like, and you try to like hold on to it, but it's slippery with tomato yeah, sauce. You're going to give me unlimited iPad time when we get home, mom. Okay? I, I actually have a very specific example of how kids are terrors. There's a restaurant <laughs> in my hometown, and we had like family over, and so we went to this restaurant. And they give you uh, like one of those bowls or whatever for olive oil, and they give you bread, and you it's like fancy bread, and it's nice. Uh, my cousin's child decided to put his entire hand in the olive oil. Oh, my God. And then start chasing everybody around. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I fully, a spaghetti place? A yes. Spaghetti place. <laughs> my mom, every time we used to have spaghetti night at home when I was a kid, she would always tell us about when she was a kid and she and her mm. four siblings would take the spaghetti strand, hold it by the end, mm -hmm. swallow it pull it back up out of their throats and then thro throw it so it stuck to the wall. And I'm they would fucking sorry, what? <laughs> this was a, like a famous thing she would tell us as kids. And she'd be like, you will never do this in my house. But this is something I did. <laughs> Double standards. 
I do love when people go, if you grew up the same way as me, your ass is going to be absolutely beat. No, your ass will be grass. Do not, do not test me. The fact that they had, that they like scienced out that the most sticky liquid that they could possibly get on this is their throat goo. is so fucking insane to me but like they're like the, the, sauce, children go, the sauce is too much of a lubricant we must remove yeah. it by <laughs> swallowing it first to get the nutrition and then we will be powerful enough to slam it on the wall i thought it was gonna be like a throw-up game or something like that no, i thought it was, it was gonna be gross. something like nasty yeah i mean it is Ooh. still nasty but it's still nasty but it's less nasty it's so anyways kids. netty's house of spaghetti their press release reads we love kids we really <laughs> truly do Oh really? Mm. I, you I know, think I have evidence you to the know, absolutely know for sure that the next word in this press release is going to be "but." You know it. Yep. It says although, <laughs> but lately it's been extremely challenging to accommodate children at Netties between noise levels, lack of space for high chairs, cleaning up crazy messes, and the liability of kids running around the restaurant. We have decided that it's time to take control of the situation. There wasn't a, this wasn't a decision that was made lightly, but some recent events have pushed us to implement this new policy. As of March 8th, the day we return from our winter break, we will no longer allow children under 10 to dine in the restaurant. Under 10, wow. We know that this is going to make some of you very upset. Oh, hell yeah. Especially yep. those with you of you with very well-behaved kids. But we believe this is the right decision for our business moving forward. Thank you for understanding. Heart. This is also like one of those things where kids don't carry ids so how the fuck do you enforce yeah how do you enforce it i mean i don't know um i think it's a spaghetti place now i'm going back on my opinion because i feel like spaghetti is something that kids love oh it's imagine going to like we're going to the spaghetti palace whatever its name was house of spaghetti house House of spaghetti Spaghetti. that does sound like house of the dead though i do (laughs) wonder if they're going to lose 90 or 95 percent of their business because you and your girlfriend going out for date night you're like Mm -hmm. let's go somewhere where we can get (laughs) some get spaghetti (laughs) let's go get some food that we can't make at home that is (laughs) is difficult to execute that we really want a chef to like really have to execute their craft Mm, on you know what that is spaghetti pasta Pasta. it's not like i can just go to like sam's club or whatever and get like a pallet no but spaghetti is like the default like i don't know what we have in our kitchen we don't have anything we need to go grocery shopping all right it's spaghetti night it's spaghetti and you throw whatever is in the fridge right exactly yeah that's that's another aspect this has to be the nicest spaghetti it's better be handmade daily yeah if you want me to come absolutely not i'm not gonna unless it's the most al dente pasta <laughs> the most al dente you just want raw most, pasta it's hard you just it's want hard, hard it's pasta. rough it's going down the most straight. al dente it's gonna go. <laughs> what if you saw that on the menu they advertise the most al dente this shit's the, gonna fuck your teeth up you're gonna love it here's a, I, I cook pasta like like we said you can get box pasta and it has like time estimates where it goes oh just do it on a high for x amount of minutes i always do the lowest estimate and it's always not <laughs> al dente it's not al dente, it's never right. al dente. you need to minus you have to another do it way minute. earlier yeah yeah insane but <laughs> the, another thing is just one last thought of is is this a cost saving like i feel like this is a, a multiple things a little bit converging in the restaurant business because they have staffing issues so it's like they have less people to deal with big messes i think it's is literally like, just is like, this like another I think it's all, part of i think it's also like restaurants a, it's like a mental health thing it's like Mm, it's like servers it's like servers have a chaotic enough job as it is it's already customer service 
add yeah. on a layer of like children Kids. running and screaming around you. Like you can't add childhood child care to an already heavy duty service job in, you know, being a server. You can't do it. Yeah. It's unexpected. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's it's like not a reasonable it, expectation. Yeah, it's it, which goes with yeah, a lot of things. Restaurants are are rough, which feeds <laughs> into my presidential platform. We're going to put a Chuck E Cheese what? on every block. You can send your kids every there and go out for a nice <laughs> meal. Chuck E Cheese every block. You got the play space, you can go next door get your spaghetti and your kids can go in the fucking grody ball pit. Oh yeah, that's definitely going to make it better. Spaghetti in those gears <laughs> the animatronics. That's so many animatronics. The graveyards of animatronics that would exist. This is my new policy in addition to Chuck E. New Cheese. New policy. New policy. <laughs> addendum. Instead of a ball pit, we're going to have a spaghetti kit for the kid a spaghetti pit for the kids. They can go in there, get their bath of spaghetti, fun times for the whole family. Senator, I wasn't sure about your spaghetti Chuck E. Cheese plan, but you know what? I think that we should do this instead of the infrastructure bill. <laughs> all these bad roads Let's, and railways. My platform, don't we're going to scrap all the renewable energy, put in renewable Chuck E. Cheese. They're going to be renewable. Go. It's going to be constantly coming back, this Chuck E. Cheese. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, congratulations to these restaurants for finally kicking out kids. Congratulations. Congratulations to you, Senator, for your uh, new Chuck E. Cheese plan. Thank you. I'm in the pocket of Big Rat. And also, let's go to my segment where I'm going to be congratulating a state. Oh, This okay. is in the news. Uh, this is from ABC7, uh, Chicago. Wisconsin is the drunkest state in America. Congratulations. Again. Chicago, <laughs> you did it again, baby. Good job. And this was uh, from February 17th, 2023. Oh, wait. I got to put uh, this in. I'll take mine to go. <laughs> is that? Did you tell me about that at the well? Yeah. Oh, you, you probably, I think you I was did. trying yeah. it out. <laughs> Listen, you already hit uh, Peter when I am not, I am your neighbor. <laughs> I am your neighbor. Okay, okay, I'll stick with it. <laughs> Wisconsin is the drunkest state in America, according to research connected by 24 7 Wall Street, utilizing uh, data from country health rankings. 25.2% of Wisconsin adults drink heavily. Wow. Which is 6% more than the national average. Sheesh. 35% of fatal car accidents are alcohol-related, a daunting number that is 9% higher than the national average. Now, here's they list the <laughs> facts about the next, the runners-up. Okay. Um, the facts that they offer is the percent that drink heavily, fatal car crashes having to do with drug driving, yeah. and also medium income. <laughs> and medium income. Like, okay, all right. Yeah, thank you. So who do you think is number two? Behind Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas. That's a pretty good guess, but it's Iowa. Uh, it's Iowa. Iowa. It would be but Iowa. 24.6%. And then South Dakota, yeah. which is 24.4%. These are like the states, these are the states where There's like nothing. the person nothing nearest there. to you is 14 miles away. Mm. You know, it's one of those, one of those places. Well, no, number four is definitely that Montana. Yep. Yeah. It's all these crazy places. And the like the percentage difference is just like a tenth of percentage, um, and then last is North Dakota. So, is it is it a coastal elitism to be sober? Mm, no, because we're in Boston. I did think that Massachusetts was yeah. going to make the, the cut, but yeah. But that was just a quick uh, in the news for that. And now let's go on to a different in the news. This is from uh, Fortune. 
And the tagline for this is, or like they have little categories. Okay. And yeah. this, the categories for the this tag. is success and gold. <laughs> I got the gold. <laughs> so hopefully you will enjoy. That's a little teaser. All right. For the title of the article, which is an article by uh, Michelle Rubin, Rumenkam and the Associated Press. A metal detectorist is suing the FBI, claiming he alerted them to seven tons of Civil War era gold, and they took it away in a secret overnight oh, day. Oh, no. That's, the title did no, give away he everything. Put, but he put dibs on it. With He said, dibs, you can't do that. Yeah. So... The court ordered release of a trove of government photos, videos, maps, and other documents involving the FBI's secretive search for Civil War-era gold has a treasure hunter more convinced than ever of a cover-up, and just as determined to prove it. Dennis Pareda waged a legal battle to force the FBI to turn over records of its excavation in Dents Run, Pennsylvania, where local lore says a 1863 shipment of Union gold disappeared on its way to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. The FBI, which went to Dent's Run after sophisticated testing suggested tons of gold might be buried there, has long insisted the dig came up empty. Pareda and his advisors, who have spent countless hours poring over the newly released government records, believe otherwise. Mm. They accuse the FBI of distorting key evidence and improperly withholding records in an apparent effort to conceal the recovery of a historic, extremely valuable gold cache. The FBI defends its handling of the materials. Of course they would. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> We've investigated ourselves. We're the Bureau of Investigation. We have investigated ourselves and we found no gold. We found There's no, no gold. gold. And we would tell you because we are your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to really be riding that. Yeah. Um, Parada's dispute with the FBI is playing out in federal court, where a judge overseeing the case must decide whether the FBI will release its operational plan for the gold dig and other records it wants to keep secret. The judge also ordered the FBI to keep looking for additional materials to turn over to the treasure hunter. So just find something to give him. You just, yeah. like, placate him. Oh, look at this. We found, what's this behind your ear? Is that a quarter? Oh, you can keep it. It's behind you your it's ear. Like gold. Is that a gold doubloon? <laughs> Is that union gold? Quote, we feel we were double-crossed and lied to. Pareto said in an interview at his cramped wood-paneled office. <laughs> oh, he's, a pro he's a prospector. Get this guy out of here. Where huge drill bits and high-end metal detectors compete for space with rusty miner's picks, Civil War-era cannon parts, and other odds and ends he's dug up over the years. Quote, the truth will come out, said Pareto, co-founder of the treasure hunting outfit Finders Keepers, which is the perfect name for this case specifically. <laughs> Find solving the mystery is not only his goal. He had hoped to find a finder's fee from the potential recovery of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gold. So he's being like a nice guy and actually being like, hey, I just want a finder's fee. Yeah. Like right. I could have gone and got this. Um, and FBI It's, it's a literal finder's fee, right? <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah. An FBI spokesperson declined to answer questions about the agency's gold dig records or respond to the cover-up allegations, citing the ongoing litigation. We ain't telling you shit. <laughs> Last year, the FBI released a statement publicly acknowledging for the first time that it had been looking for gold in Dense Run. The statement said that the FBI <laughs> did not find any, adding that the agency, quotes, 
continues to unequivocally reject any claims or speculation to the contrary. Do you think this is a setting a bad precedent for the FBI where like they might go to the federal government and be like, we need to get the annual budget funds passed. Please give us our money. And, and Congress can be like, well, just why don't you just go find some more gold and fund yourselves? Oh, I guess we will. <laughs> like, I, w- I do wonder what it, if they did get the gold where it went. Yeah, what do they do with that? So they say that there's little historical record to say that this gold would exist, but everyone still believes in it. Um, he and his son spent years looking for the fabled goal at Dent's Run, eventually guiding the FBI to a remote woodland site 135 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, where they say their instruments identified a large quantity of metal. The FBI brought in a geophysical consulting firm whose sensitive equipment detected a 7-9 to nine ton mass of suggesting gold. Armed with a warrant, a team of FBI agents <laughs> came in March 2018 to dig up the hillside. An FBI videographer was on hand to document it, at one point interviewing a Philadelphia-based agent on the FBI's art crime team, who explained why the FBI was in the woods uh, of one of Pennsylvania's most sparsely populated con- counties. Uh, quote, we've in- identified through our investigation a site which we believe uh, has U.S. property, which includes a significant summer of some of base metal, which is valuable, particularly gold, maybe silver. The agent said on the video, his face blurred by the FBI to protect his privacy. <laughs> it's what? gold, maybe silver. I had to cover my identity because hackers tried to get into my email and I was not prepared for their phishing attempts. This is classic U.S. government on being like, well, technically it's our gold. Because technically is, the army is, lost right? it. It is technically... At that point, a hundred years later, it's more enter- than hundred years later, that gold has entered yeah. public domain. All right, yeah, exactly. we're free to get it's, it. Calling in, calling it a hundred fifty-five-year-old cold case, he said the FBI had corroborated Pareda's information about the location of the reputed gold through scientific testing. He stressed the test results did not prove the presence of gold. Only a dig would help law enforcement quote get to the bottom of this story once and for all. <laughs> It is, said. Listen, it doesn't prove anything. All we're going to do is get a consulting firm, get some really heavy-duty equipment, fly our guys out here, spend trillions of dollars to do it. And you know what? It doesn't prove anything. Even if we find something, it doesn't prove nothing. He suspected the agency conducted a clandestine overnight dig between the first and second days of the court-authorized excavation, found the gold, and spirited it away. So this is what he, he thinks is a national treasure going on. Where the yeah, government he, steals. he thinks he's in a cage, for sure. Residents have previously told of hearing a backhoe and j- jackhammer overnight when the dig was supposed to have been paused, and seeing a convoy of FBI vehicles, including large armored trucks. The FBI has denied it conducted an overnight dig. Of course they did. Of course. Uh, Parada and his consultant, Warren Gettler, have for- focused on a handful of FBI photos and an accompanying photo log that have them questioning the FBI's official gold dig timeline. At issue uh, is the presence of or absence of snow in the images and the timing of a storm that briefly disrupted operations. For example, an FBI image that is supposed to have been taken about an hour before the squall does not show any snow on a large moss-covered boulder at the dig site. So he's doing some Sherlock Holmes shit. Mm. Um, Mm. That same boulder is now snow-covered in a photo that FBI records indicate was taken the next morning, some 15 hours after the storm. They accuse the FBI of altering the sequence of events to conceal an overnight excavation. We have, quote, We have compelling evidence of a night dig took place and that the FBI went to some large <laughs> effort to cover up uh, that night dig, said Gettler. Night dig! 
co-author of (laughs) co-author of rebel gold a book exploring the possibility of buried buried civil war era cash of gold and silver (laughs) rebel gold the story of the disco night dig and the spooky disco zombies Hmm. so so that's basically it goes a, a little bit more into detail about some of these things but that's kind of the gist of it um where they said Basically, you did an overnight dig. No, we didn't. <laughs> Got we have conned. Evidence, no, though, we did because of Freedom of Information Act. And then they said, "Uh oh, no, we didn't." <laughs> <laughs> and so that's in the news. And I hope that you have some uh, new segments. I do have a new segment. I have a Wikipedia historian for you today. Hmm. This one brings us the life and times of Edward Mordrake. Have you heard of Edward Mordrake? <laughs> Edward Mordrake. Yeah. Hello. Ever heard of this kid? I'm Edward Mordrake. Please come to my castle. Oh, don't yep. mind the gargoyles. They have a life of their own. <laughs> yeah. You're more you're more sort of on the, oh, on the money ticket. than oh. you know. I'm gonna put a little brief uh warning here that this story mentions suicide. So okay. if that's something yeah. you're partial to, then you know, yeah, skip good, ahead. Good warning. Uh so Edward Mordrake. Um, is apoc- is the apocryphal subject of the of an urban legend who was first born in the 19th century as the heir to the English peerage with a f- uh, with a face on the back of his head. What? According to the legend, the face could whisper, laugh, or cry. Oh. Mordrake repeatedly begged doctors to remove it, claiming Please. it whispered bad things to him at night. Mordrake committed suicide at the age of 23. So uh, let's learn more about this guy and what the fuck's going on because it's um, some spooky shit. An account described Mordrake's figure as one with remarkable grace and with a face similar to that of Antinius. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The second face on the back of Mordrake's head, supposedly female, reportedly had a pair of eyes and a mouth that drooled. The duplicate face could not see, eat, or speak, but was said to, quote, sneer while Mordrake was happy and, quote, smile while Mordrake was weeping. According to legend, Mordrake repeatedly begged doctors to have his demon face removed, claiming that at night it whispered things that, quote, only would uh, one would only speak about in hell, but no doctor would attempt it. This led to Mordrake secluding himself in a room before deciding to take his own life at the age of 23. An account of Mordrake's story was detailed in Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine. Here's the here's the brief end up in one of those books. You got it. You got to love it. One of the weirdest as well as the most melancholy stories of human deformity is that of Edward Edward Mordrake, said to have been heir to one of the noblest peerages in England. He never he never claimed the title, however, and committed suicide in his 23rd year. He lived his life in complete seclusion, refusing the visits even of the members of his own family. He was young, a young man of fine attainments, a profound scholar, and musician of rare ability. Did you love those? You love the, they're hyping him up. They're hyping him up. This is like for the drama. This is like every documentary drama. that is just like he was a wonderful man until he got the killdozer yeah. out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. His figure was remarkable for its grace, and his face, that is to say, his natural face, was that of Antinous. He was hot as but hell, back, baby. <laughs> but on the back of his head was another face, that of a beautiful girl. 
uh, lovely as a dream, mm. hideous as a devil. Yeah, I don't think that <laughs> those are kind of contradictory. You can't be like she's so hot and she's drooling. I love a good drool. Yeah, the female face was a mere mask, occupying only a small portion of the posterior part of the skull, yet exhibiting every sign of intelligence of a malignant sort. However, mm. so they're they're just the movie like malignant. Yeah, yeah, oh, it is literally the bottom malignant. <laughs> the movie. It would be seen to smile and sneer while Mordric was weeping. The eyes would follow the movements of the spectator, and the lips would gibber without ceasing. Yeah. So it's just oh, like geez. so it's just like bad, 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 like. That's yeah, terrifying. Apparently. That's awful. That's terrifying. No voice was audible, but Mordrake avers that he was kept from his ni- rest at night by the hateful whispers of this devil twin, as he called it, which never sleeps but talks to me forever of such things as they only speak of in hell. No imagination can <laughs> conceive of the dreadful attempts of it sets, it sets before me. For some unforgiven wickedness of my forefathers, I am knit to this fiend, and Ooh. fiend it surely is. I beg and beseech you to crush it out of human semblance, even if I die for it. They really had a way Yikes. with words back in the day. Words they really like, did. They're get really... this fucking face off my the back of my fucking <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah, right? <laughs> I do. What, what did she whisper? She was just like, hey, have you ever seen Gossip Girl? Oh, you haven't? Let me actually go into <laughs> detail about every single season. Hey, uh... Can I tell you my my Sonic fanfic? Oh, I swear, no. <laughs> it's, there's, I, I swear, there's not too much nudity. Listen, Sonic goes fast. <laughs> Do you want to know about Sonic lore? <laughs> Please no, leave me alone. Get, I just want to sleep. Kill me. Get rid of the Please, face. Please, I hate Sonic. No. I actually like Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh. I play Yu-Gi-Oh. The <laughs> oh no! Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's rough, though. <laughs> Such were the words of the hapless Mordrake to Manvers and Treadwell, his physicians. In spite of careful watching, he managed to procure poison whereof he died, leaving a letter requesting that the demon face might be destroyed before his burial, lest it continues to its dreadful whisperies in my grave. At his own request, he was interred in a waste place. What? Without without stone or legend to mark his grave. I think meaning like either a mass grave or an unmarked grave. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the excerpt of Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine, oh, which was a nineteen eighty or an eight eighteen ninety six medical encyclopedia, co-authored by George M. Gould and David L. Peel, uh, included his account. Uh, basically, yeah, it's it's that's like rough. A, rig, <laughs> Wrigley's you know believe it or believe it or not. That's an oof for for medical oh, they, for medical stuff. They probably have a wax dummy of this dude too. That's that's probably the most fucked up is that you could probably go to some place and they're like, "Hi, would you like, like Google, to see his If you Google him, life, yeah, you if you it. Google him, like an an image an image will come up, Edward Mordrake. Mm, let me see if uh, I can find him. But if you um, yeah, if you go to images, there's supposedly an image of him. Apparently it's, there's it's pretty it's pretty weird. Apparently he's connected to American Horror Story. So <laughs> interesting. Really? Yeah, I think okay. it must have been like the freak. Oh my god. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know if any I don't know that any of these are real to be honest. I mean it's like in the 1800s. So yeah. the best you're going to do is probably a drawing or like a really rough photograph. Yeah. They also um, No, these are fake ones. <laughs> Cuz this is I think so. I think a lot too. of them are fake. A lot of them are fake. Yeah. I mean, who even knows? This is supposedly coming from like a folktale, so, or not a folktale, but like an urban legend. So, so who knows if this dude even exists mm-hmm. technically? But like, you know, enough people are talking about him that seems like there's something to it. Maybe something to the legend. We have a lot of a lot of legends this episode. 
A lot of legends. So last little few details. The first known description of Mordrick was found in an 1895 article in the Boston Post, mm. authored by authored by fiction writer Charles Lowton Hidreth. The article describes a number of cases of what Hidreth refers to as human freaks, yikes, yep. including a woman who had the tail of a fish, a man with the body of a spider, a man who was half crab, and Edward Mordrick. Hidreth claimed to have found <laughs> these Andrew. cases described uh. in old reports of Royal Scientific Society. Uh, yeah, so maybe this is BS, but it's pretty, pretty gross. It's, there's enough, like, at least people are kind of buying in enough that it could be true. People are kind of buying in. I mean, it's more believable than his other stuff, so maybe there's something to it, but. Eh, maybe. Um, who knows? It's still kind of, kind of gross. Well, we, this caps out another legendary episode, because we did the legend of some Civil War gold, and then the legend of this, the this legend of Korra. Man. The legend of Korra, exactly. The legendary owls of Gahul. Exactly. That's <laughs> I say that every single time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But exactly. remember, if you have any segments that you want to send us, send it to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Twitter, Segment City. Our YouTube is Segment City. And leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear it. Please tell us if we're two-faced. Wait, don't. Don't yeah. actually. <laughs> Wait, that's a bad thing. You can even just come next door because I am your neighbor. Okay. So you can just hand me the review directly if you'd like. Well, our spiritual neighbor, I guess, or she doesn't live near us, but she is mm, my spiritual neighbor. Yeah. That's powerful. That's really poetic. Yeah. That our spiritual neighbor is Rachel Robinson. She does our intro music, uh, and she has other music you can find on platforms worldwide, world such as Spotify, Miss Mrs. And, worldwide. Uh, you can indeed, indeed. No. So thank you to Rachel. No, we're going to end this episode with Liss, or not Liss of Unfortunate Deaths, actually. This is uh, IWasPoisoned.com. You're gotta, dear to our hearts. Yeah. Because you're sick. Yeah. It's, that's actually why I did choose <laughs> uh, So I got two. This is from uh, Price Chopper in Glenmont Road, Glenmont oh, no. Bethlehem Center, New York. If you know Price Chopper, you know they're up to some shit. All right. Diarrhea from Lucky Charms. Bought, <laughs> lo, bought at local. Oh, no. I love that they call it bought at local. Do you supermarket. see the little like r the little rainbows and clovers floating around in there? No, that, they don't have the actual, but they do Math. have. <laughs> they have the best like Best Buy like use date and pictures of the box to be like this is oh. the this is the culprit. This is the one bought at local supermarket, which is a, a very nice way of stating a price chopper. Like <laughs> my local yeah, supermarket eight. Ate night before and woke up with pain in stomach. Symptoms, diarrhea. And we have one more. And it is terribly misspelled. It's from Costco in Carmel Mountain Road, San Diego. 12, 18, 23, 5.30 p.m. Eat Costco lame ribs. He means ribs, I think. Because they have... <laughs> right. There's, there's oh, like, no. a video of an empty package of ribs, and there's, like, a bone, like, that he keeps, or, like, <laughs> keeps, like, showing the bones. This, what, this is evidence. Yeah. For Pepple, last night, 2-19-23, at 2 a.m., feel stomach pain, 2-30 a.m., daughter, in-law, and son, same, and vomiting. <laughs> After vomiting, feel cold and sweating out in weakness. 5.40 a.m. and 6 a.m. vomiting again a, we sure is lame ribes because we have four people eat. 
I cold now in weakness. Cold feel for me last night. Stomach pain, but no vomiting. Uh, vomiting this morning, six a.m. Air uh, four times. My son and daughter Mo in ER. I am one word. Uh, stay at home. Take care of two children. <laughs> when they, my son, daughter-in-law, my husband, oh my God. if come home, we don't need I need your to whole go family to family tree, my dude. <laughs> I do. I do love this last segment. When they, my son and daughter-in-law, my husband, if come home, I need to go to ER. <laughs> I, can I tag tag me in? I need that's to go like to ER. that's like a logic statement in code. If son yeah. daughter come home, <laughs> then, then go to ER. But and As else stay home. Hopefully, uh, our our listeners don't have to go to the ER, and hopefully, I don't have to go to the ER. But I am, <laughs> I am done with this podcast forever. No more. <laughs> what a way to end it! I am done with this podcast. Um, we will see you next week. We will. Stay healthy. I am your neighbor.